Hello and welcome back to another episode of Try and Have Your Best Life. Or if this is your first ever episode, then hi, come and join us. I'm Andrea, a bird from Glasgow, trying to find our way in this shit show that we call life. And I'm not very good at it, if I'm honest. I'm a little bit of a train wreck, but I am trying every day to be a little bit better than before. And that's all that really matters. Me sharing with you things that I'm learning or trying in the hope of me becoming a better person and aiming towards living my best life. So if you want to come along for the ride, learn some new things and also realise that you're not the only person that doesn't have your shit together, then please feel free to follow, subscribe, like, depending on what platform you're listening on. Jump on over to Facebook and join the Try and Have Your Best Life page and also follow on Instagram at Try and Have Your Best Life where I'll be posting my daily struggles and how I'm overcoming them and trying to thrive in life. So this week, we are really hitting home with this pandemic business and what it's like to be in love or be with someone in a romantic sense during this really unknown and frankly terrifying time period. A little bit of a disclaimer, I am currently not in a relationship with anyone, but at the start of the pandemic, I was in a healthy and somewhat successful relationship. It just didn't stand a chance against Big Rona. Although since then, I have spent the last few weeks and few months talking with different people either in relationships, breaking up from relationships, starting new ones, or single during this time period. And the constant thing that I'm picking up from everyone It's just sheer confusion and uncertainty. None of us have ever been through anything even remotely like this before. So no one actually knows how to articulate life at the minute. Never mind how to not kill your beloved other half who you've spent 24-7 with for the last 10 months. Being in love is fantastic. I don't care who you are. The feeling of being in love, oh dear Christ, there's nothing like it at all. It overcomes you and it seeps into every crack and crevice of your life and fills you with all this warmth and beauty and, oh, it's just fantastic. It's amazing. Well, at least it's supposed to be. There will be occasions where that is not the case, but we're not going to focus on them right now. However, to love someone, that's a task in itself. To love, well, that is a choice. You do that. You wake up and you choose to love that person despite the fact that You hate the way that they eat or their zodiac sign just is not compatible with yours at all. Or you've got totally different love languages. One of you is an act of service and the other one's words of affirmation and you just can't seem to understand each other at all. You still choose to love that person, but it can be somewhat difficult. Through my unnatural need to understand love, I've done a lot of research on the topic of how we love, why we love, and what it actually means to be in love. And through this, I found a Zen Buddhist monk named, please forgive me because I'm going to utterly butcher this pronunciation and it's going to be wrong and I'm really sorry, but Thich Nhan Han, I think that's it anyway, (laughs) 
who teaches seminars, retreats and writes novels on how to love. And at the core of his teachings is that love is just another word for understanding. To truly love someone, you have to understand who they are, what they are and why they are. And if you don't know these things, you cannot possibly love that person because you don't know them and therefore you're in love with the idea of someone. I am the world's worst for this. I love the idea of people that I create in my own head, who I think they are or who I think they have the ability to become, instead of actually just seeing them at face value and what they're willing to show me. Yes, I may believe that they have capabilities to be better, but they either aren't there yet or they simply just don't want to be. And therefore, I'm in love with a fictional being, someone that I've made up in my own head that doesn't exist. And if this relationship ends and I have this idea of someone, that can be a lot harder to get over than the actual person themselves. Now, how does that come into a pandemic, I might I hear you ask. Well, I'm about to tell you. I don't care if you've been together two months, two, two years or 20 years. When we love someone and we don't want them to leave, we try every day to win their attention and affection. And we do this by impressing them. We bring our best version of ourselves to the table. Not always, I might add. But the person you are when you're alone, like when you're completely alone, that maybe scratches your balls and sniffs your fingers. Majority of my best pals are guys. I know that you all do this, so don't pretend that you don't. Or the bird that's not showered in eight days and is eating a sheer bag of crisps in bed and only getting up to take a shite. Me all the time. That person you are when you're alone, you don't show that to the person you love because you want them to think that you're desirable. And we fear that if we see if they see this version of us, they're going to think, what the fuck is wrong with you? Putting aside the fact that we all do disgusting shit when we're alone. Desire is an unknown part of a relationship. You desire what you want, but you don't really quite know what it is. It's what draws you in and makes you want to get to know that person. It makes you feel that you're always learning something new about them and it's exciting. This is why the beginning stages of relationships or the honeymoon phase is so fulfilling because you don't know jack shit about that person and you want to know everything about them so you invest all your time and your energy unraveling these layers and layers and getting to know their interests and their family background and their childhood traumas to try and get to the core of that person. But we fear that if we show them the person we are when we're alone, then desire will disappear because there's no mystery left. They get a glimpse into what you're like when you're completely alone instead of them daydreaming like, oh, I wonder what they get up to when I'm not around. I wonder what books they read or what activities they do. That illusion is completely destroyed and therefore desire is completely gone. Now, during this pandemic, especially at the start, If you lived with your partner before or you both decided to live together for the foreseeable future, you were together 24-7 for months. We weren't allowed to see other people. You were barely even allowed to go outside. Your boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, teammate instantly became your cellmate. You were locked in four walls together for 23 hours of the day. This could really have went one or two ways. 
Either you both continually try to impress each other daily and could never fully relax and be yourself. And this would maybe build some form of tension and feeling that you couldn't ever really relax around your partner and bring forth this level of insecurity and maybe inhibit some form of imposter syndrome. This is what I especially felt during this pandemic when living with my partner. I really felt this personality come over me like a curtain that simply just wasn't me at all. I felt like I couldn't be myself fully because our relationship was still so young and I so badly wanted them to like me and find me attractive and so therefore I couldn't fully be myself or I was scared to unravel a layer of myself that they hadn't found themselves yet and that they would maybe hate it or they weren't ready for it. So instead I pretended to be this perfect little Barbie who never got upset about anything and was totally chill and free spirit and I would clean the house and I would make dinner and I would put makeup on every day and just overall become a bit of a meh kind of person, like just blech. Then crippled with the fear that they would maybe find out that this wasn't me, it was just a horrible mental battle for me. And as this living situation continued for a period of time, I felt like I became trapped in this bubble that only I had created for myself and really put a strain on me because now I felt that my partner had this idea of me that wasn't actually me, but I had to keep up with appearances because I was scared that if I was to be myself and I was maybe moody or if I maybe didn't put on my eyebrows that day or anything like that, they'd be like, what the fuck, this isn't you, why are you acting like that? And then this whole bubble that I'd created would be destroyed. And I just felt very subpar and inadequate out of the sheer fear that who I was wasn't good enough and wasn't good enough for the person that I was with. Now, this is an absolutely no result from anything that my partner did whatsoever. I never, ever, ever communicated this feeling to them at any point. Even now, they still don't know this is how I felt. Unless they're listening to this, then, whoops, sorry, now you know. But on the other side of this, maybe you and your partner were completely themselves, as in the person we said before that wasn't showering and scratching your balls. And then once again, desire just disappeared. You've seen everything about that person and you've seen every aspect of their day played out in front of you. There was no mystery left. There was no exciting stories to tell each other about your day because you've sat on the couch and watched their whole day go by. You've watched them binge watch Gossip Girl or play Xbox for eight hours straight and you're just like, uh-huh, so this is what you do when I'm not here. Great, you're fucking exciting, aren't you? Fan-fucking-tastic. Because this illusion of who you thought this person is has been eroded, you maybe feel like the spark has gone a little bit. Like you're not compatible anymore and you're not attracted to them. This may be all well and good. Maybe you felt these things before Rona came along and grounded everybody and being stuck with that person just enhanced it. Or maybe these feelings have just rose ahead during lockdown and they were never a feeling before. If the latter is the case, please take a wee hot minute and think about this with me. What was your relationship like before the pandemic? Do you have a reference point of what you can be like together when you're not locked in a house for months on end? 
Maybe you don't in terms of my previous relationship. We didn't have a reference point because our relationship was only a month or two old when the pandemic hit. So we had no reference as to whether we were great together or not because we didn't have a chance to figure that out, which is totally fine if that's the case for you as well. It's then up to you and your partner to sit down and talk about whether you want to find out what the two of you are like together when this is all over or if you just want to call it a day and surrender your relationship to Rona. However, if you do have that reference point, you know that you're both tremendous together when you've got your individuality and you can come together and share in that and share in all the amazing moments in your life. Remember that. Focus on it. Please zone in on it. Because that's what you're like when you're not cellmates. Please remember that this pandemic will not last forever. You can get your life back to the way you had it and not have to look at their face every minute of the day. You'll be able to go away and miss them. Desire will thrive in that. When you're away from them and take a minute to think about them or wonder what they're doing. Or maybe you haven't seen them in a few days and you get that little butterfly feeling because you're about to see them again. That's desire coming back. When you're with them all the time, you don't get this feeling because you're looking at them every day and you're thinking, I love you, but I'm going to punch you in the fucking throat if you don't get away from me. Do realise that if you stay together, then your relationship is going to be fucking Dwayne The Rock Johnson stronger after this and no virus is ever going to take you down. This might be a wee bit different now because lockdown is easing and tightening here and there and you can sometimes see your friends and family or you can go to the pub or go to a cafe and go back to work and you're pulling at these other aspects of your life that aren't your partner to help you thrive. You are not supposed to spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week with the one person. It is not natural and it's not fucking healthy. As humans, we are social beings. We need multiple human connections to, to survive. That's where the age-old saying comes from of it takes a village to raise a child. Because we need different parts from different people to make up ourselves and our characteristics If you're feeling a certain way, you might go and speak to wee Jeannie down the road. If you need help understanding something, you might pop up the hill to Nigel. We go to different people for different things because you cannot possibly get everything you need from one person. That person does not exist and stop harassing your partner because they can't give you everything. They are not supposed to. That's why you're supposed to have multiple relationships with family, friends, colleagues or other partners if that's the type of relationship that you have. With the reference point though, even if you do remember what it was like before, that everything just became a bit cloudy and you don't feel as if there's a spark between you anymore, that is normal. Sparks between people are neurological reactions to new and exciting things. The physical feeling of a spark is an overflowing feeling of all those great emotions like serotonin and dopamine and endorphins and oxytocin spiralling through your body and you being like, oh, this is exciting. A spark can be created between two people by going back to their favourite restaurant and sharing, but not really sharing, the sticky toffee pudding that you know is to die for. It can be going exploring a new place or learning a new skill together. It can be doing something new in bed and being like, oh, hi, yeah, that felt good. It can be an emotional connection when 
they share a memory with you or a part of them that they're insecure about and you react in a way that no one ever has before and they feel so seen and understood and accepted for who they truly are. It's your brain's reaction to, oh, that's new, but I like it. And if you're sharing these experiences with someone, they're going to associate that spark with you and therefore you have a spark in your relationship. When you're locked somewhere with someone and you cannot do anything and it is literally against your will to be able to do anything, that spark will disappear. Not always. There are cases of relationships that cease to amaze me. But the majority of people, your spark will fade. And that's okay. Even without a pandemic in place, sparks come and go during a long-term relationship because life just gets in the way. You don't have time for date night and months and you can't afford to go on that dream holiday or you're simply too fucking tired to sit and have those late night conversations with each other until three in the morning getting to know all about their childhood and previous relationships. This is completely normal. Life gets in the way and different aspects take turns having your priority. The only difference between you getting your spark back and you not is you. Well, and your partner as well. It takes two people to make it work. If you want to get that spark back and fight for the relationship because you know it's worth it and the person you've been staring at for months despite the fact you're fucking sick of looking at their face, you still love them endlessly, then you can. Actively do dates again, go on adventures, get to know each other again. People change every single day. You're a completely different person today than you were last week or last year for that matter of fact. Let your partner explore the exciting new things about you. Be excited and passionate about yourself and your own life and sharing in that then they can't help but find you desirable because you've got this thirst about you again and this new lease of life that has been missing for so long. Create that mystery again and that is where desire and sparks live. They thrive there. Mainly because we're all fucking nosy bastards. We want to know everything about our beloved other half. And if you go and learn a new skill or take up a new hobby or start a new project, they're going to be like, oh, what are you up to? What are you doing? Tell me about it. Like, I thought I knew everything about that person. Why have they started something new? Tell me about it. Just because we're all fucking nosy. If you build this life and create mystery, boom, there's your fucking spark. This can be as simple as sitting in different rooms for a whole day, doing your own separate things and then coming together at dinner to talk about what you did. It can be going a walk on your own and taking pictures and show them when you get home and talk about your walk. It can be, hey, we aren't doing anything today, let's jump in the car and go and explore a new place. I am not advocating to stay in a relationship if you're unhappy. Of course I'm not. That's not what this is about. This is for people who know that they love their other half, but they don't know what the hell's happened to them anymore. You're not finding each other sexy and you don't want any intimate close time together. That's okay. But if you have a relationship you feel can go up and fight against Rona, fucking do it. Give it 100% from both of you together as a team and kick her fucking arse. If your relationship got beaten up and spat out by Rona, or it's about to, please know that it's okay. You won't win every fight in life, but as long as you can say you tried and you gave it your all, then you've succeeded, so you've got nothing to worry about. 
If you do want to know a wee bit more about desire though, I would highly suggest googling Esther Perel. The woman is incredibly insightful about romantic relationships, but specialises in desire. She has many a good book and a good YouTube video, so I would highly suggest checking it out. But that brings me to an end for this episode. Thank you so much if you lasted this long with me. And I really hope this maybe inspired you to go and kick a wee spark back in your relationship or give your partner a boot in the arse being like, right, moan, let's do something. But again, please don't forget to subscribe, follow or like, depending on what platform you're listening on. Pop on over to Facebook and Instagram to give a little follow on the Trying to Live Your Best Life pages where we can hopefully inspire each other to be better people and live our fucking best lives. But I will see you on the flip side. Be safe, be kind and just try your fucking best. Bye!